Hey, welcome to FQ, where we talk about faith, family, and friends. I'm Jacob. And I'm George. And welcome to this week's podcast. Hey guys, this is April 22nd, 2020, and it's me, George, and Andrew, and also, go ahead, George. And we have a special guest, Pastor Tim Quainu, with us uh, from Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, he is the pastor of Hill City Church. I met him in when we were both at uh, Living Water in Bolingbrook, Illinois. So, my Chicago peeps, you will. This will be a podcast you won't want to miss. Um, this this man is uh, got wisdom beyond his years. Um, father of two, married for. How long are you married now, Tim? Five years. Five years. Yeah, man. So his wife, Jill, is a, I want to say dietitian, right? That's, yeah, yeah. Dietitian, yeah, yeah. an author, a mother, um, helps Tim be a better man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and he's just an incredible guy. Like, get a couple of Red Bulls in him full of the Holy Spirit, and he will... <laughs> He will preach his butt off. Like, like if you've seen someone like preach when they're on the edge of, of the platform or stage or whatever you want to call it, like some churches don't like it to be, don't call it the stage because it's not a stage. It's the altar. Um, but you can see the Holy spirit, like just jumping out of this guy because he gets taller as he preaches. Oh man, <laughs> I've seen it. It's it's amazing. But uh, um, so we're going to talk a little bit about leadership today with with Tim and Jacob and Andrew. Um, everybody here has been in or still is in leadership at some point. Both Andrew and Jacob and Tim have been youth pastors. Um, I've worked with youth ministry and worked alongside youth pastors and pastors, and um, it's just been it's just been a wild ride for me to to come alongside guys that just love the Lord so much and learn from them and be hopefully be an encouragement to them um, through my time of of working in ministry. Um, so Tim, tell us yeah. something, <laughs> Tim, tell, tell us, us a little bit you. about yourself <laughs> that I didn't already for say. Sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, first of all, uh, super excited to be here with you guys. It's really cool. George is an amazing guy. We, like you said, led together while we were in Illinois and, um, on staff at a church called Living Water Community Church, Bolingbrook, Illinois, about 30 minutes, 35 minutes west of the city of chicago um so shouts out to all our chicago peeps like george said um he is absolutely right my wife makes me a better man just the same way that his wife makes him a better man and we both agree that god is a miracle worker because our wives married us and that's that's, <laughs> that's an amazing feat even and of itself um Super pumped to be the lead pastor of a church plant, uh, church takeover hybrid. 
Um, so I come from Rhode Island. I'm born and bred Rhode Islander, native Rhode Islander. My parents um, planted a church back in the mid nineties. And um, so I kind of came up living in the suburbs, but my parents were doing, we, we lived in the suburbs, but they planted a church very much in the inner city in the urban context. So um, always kind of had a foot in both worlds. My dad is from Ghana, West Africa. My mother is a black woman from Springfield, Illinois. So um, again, I'm legit, me and Robert Madu say this, we are legitimately African-American. Like, it's not a game. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, for real, for real, African-American. Like, um, not being politically correct. So it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's been pretty cool to see that epithet all throughout my life, that um, God is just not allowed me to be in one mold or in one place um, as a, as a Jesus follower, I've always kind of had to, uh, what I see in Jesus, hang out in the synagogues on Sabbath, but then have a street following that earns me a reputation that, you know, ticks all of the religious leaders off. So, um, that's, that's fun. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind, <laughs> of, kind of our story. It's kind of what we do, man. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, this episode, we're talking more about uh, leadership and for sure. Um, and even if there's something that you feel on your heart, you want to talk about, we always don't want to discourage like, oh, man, I really, really want to say something about this. Uh, we always want to be open and for sure. let the, the spirit talk um, through people. And so uh, if there is something where you're like, well, also um, top of leadership, whatever, um, we always want to be open to that and and give the Holy Spirit his place and not ever try to, I don't know, for lack of better terms, be just organized religion on a podcast. Yeah, exactly. I can dig it. I can dig it. I'm down. Down for the get down. So like I said um, to you and, and Jacob earlier, um, a, a term that I've heard and I don't even know where I heard it, but heavy is the head that wears the crown. And um, yeah. like, um, I know all of us as, as men here and leading our families and leading ministries or Jacob and I are both family teachers. So uh -huh. we're, you know, have family style living where we're leading uh, our own children and other children and hopefully getting them at a, a at a better place to be placed back, you know, with their families. And, uh -huh. um, and you know, sometimes that stuff keeps you up at night. Like, am I doing everything right? Or yeah. it, you know, did I say something wrong, do something wrong? Or, or just the, even the, the loneliness of it, um, especially being a, a pastor's sometimes not feeling like you have someone, you know, that you can talk to an outlet and um, kind of worried about being judged, you uh -huh. know, just for, for being real, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if, if you want to speak to that a little bit. Um, yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think heavy as the head wears the crown is for sure. a thing. I mean, so, you know, in the, in the Christian world, we use all these terms like church planter and, 
um, ministry leader, and and that's cool. Um, but in the Northeast, we're it's kind of a post-Christian society. Um, it's it's not popular <laughs> to be Christian. Like I did an internship down in Durham, North Carolina, so um, it was really popular to be Christian down there. Right? Um, it's like cool. To, to go to church on Sunday. It's not the case in Providence, Rhode Island. So um, <laughs> I've had to, I've had to, to adapt my vocabulary to communicate what exactly it is that I do and, and what kind of leader I am. Then um, I'm, I'm something more like a spiritual entrepreneur and entrepreneurship uh, for you business listeners out there. You guys know, uh, you folks know that um, it can be very lonely um, when you carry this vision, you carry this passion, this fire, this desire to um, address a need, to make something better, to make it go faster, to make it go further, um, but to be the person, to be the impetus um, or to be the the kind of first push of momentum to get that thing going and to get other people um, on your side and with you can be challenging, can be tough. Um, Especially when everybody else is there for a paycheck, but you're there uh, for a vision that can be tough. Um, When everyone's leaning and looking to you for all of the answers and you're figuring this thing out along with everybody else that can be, that can be challenging as well. And one of the things that um, I've found is that as leaders, um, it's really important not to get, not to focus too much on that loneliness, um, but to find community in the little things. Uh, you're probably never going to, as a leader, you're probably never going to meet somebody who shares every last one of your passions and just mirrors you perfectly you're probably not going to find that you you i mean sometimes maybe sure and that's great if you do but more more than likely um the vast majority of us say it again go go ahead sorry oh I, i was gonna say uh the vast majority of us um actually find people who share pieces of our passion. And um, it's really important as a leader not to discredit or to disregard those um, those kind of compartmentalized moments of community because it's really, really important. They, those those little those little moments, those you know apportioned um, or partitioned partners. They, they can really feed you. Um, and again, going back to the entrepreneur example, you may not find a business partner that's like, yeah, I want to fund the whole project. But you might find a partner that's like, wow, I really believe in this thing and I'm going to invest this this many dollars, you know, and it's only a fraction of what you need. But that, that investor, that partner is just as important um, as the next person who's going to up it, you know, who's going to double that investment or triple that investment. So I, I've just learned uh, being a, a spiritual entrepreneur, church planter, whatever you want to call it, leader here in Providence to value the small connections and not always swing for the fences. Um, doesn't mean that 
I, I don't still look for people who kind of hit on most of my cylinders, but I've really learned to value the smaller connections. That's, that's kind of funny for like, to hear you say that. Cause I remember when we were, when we were in Bolingbroke together and working together and uh-huh. I felt like I was like one of those pieces that was working with you, you know, working yeah, with the sure. youth and definitely, you know, you definitely had a heart for youth and for sure. And also had a, a you know, stronger vision, stronger calling on your life. But I remember telling you, um, I don't know if you remember it, but I, I remember like when you were going to be moving and stuff, just saying, don't despise small beginnings. Don't I do just, remember that. You know, don't despise the, the, those things that are going to take yeah. you to the next place. Yep. And yeah. to, to hear you say that, like that's, you know, that's what you're doing with where you're at now. Um, it's just, it's encouraging to me because that's one of those things that I was like, I feel the Lord telling me this to share with them. And it seems kind of weird, but I'm going to do it because I feel like that's what the Lord said. And then, you know, a few years later, a couple years later, hearing, hearing you explain it like that, like having people be in small pieces of the greater vision, um, yeah, you know, just really, it, it encourages me. Like, I did hear from the man. Lord, you know. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent, man. hundred percent. And uh, I think Jacob, maybe or or Andrew, I think I heard one of you say that you wanted to jump in, but I just wanted to reiterate that yes, I definitely remember you saying that, George. Um, and you said it more than once, actually. Um, but the, the time that we prayed in the, uh, I don't, it was like the, uh, we were trying to make it like a youth room or something that we just threw a bunch of extra furniture in that room. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> um, it was, it was really cool to hear you say that. And it's, it's so true. It, and not only in, and we were kind of hitting on this as we were like getting all set up and everything, but, um, in family too that like and Matt Chandler pastor of the village church talks about this that the first I think he said the first seven years of his marriage were hell um but then it like it got better when he realized oh crap she's not god (laughs) and I've been trying to get her to be god like to be everything and all that I want and need and desire when she's never going to be able to do that and 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 so what you said to me was so impactful and so, so profound because it's really true that like you're, you're not going to find all your provisions in one place and you shouldn't despise that. You shouldn't look past that. You shouldn't like feel like, Oh, well, you know, let me throw up my hands and walk away from it all. No, a leader looks for the answers as they, as they present themselves. And, uh, and I think that that's, a part of maturity and a part of growth. And the last thing I'll say, and then I'll shut up. Um, no, you're is good, that, man. Keep going. <laughs> is that um, it's something that, uh, you know, whatever your feelings are about them, I think this is true. Bishop T.D. Jakes uh, once said that um, before there was the Potter's House in Dallas, before there was the media company and, you know, Time magazines, America's preacher and all, you know, all of the accolades he was preaching at a church in West Virginia. And at the time he thought it was going to be like the zenith of all that God would call him to do. 
And he said, after leaving West Virginia, he realized God didn't bring him to West Virginia to build a church. He brought him to West Virginia for a church to build him. And I think that um, for many leaders, God gives us answers um, in pieces so that we don't get so consumed with our ability to lead and build and guide and, you know, drive things. But having to receive the pieces to the puzzle kind of over time creates a sense of humility and a recognition that this whatever you're leading is bigger than you, whether it's business, um, whether it's industry, you're innovating in some capacity in some sector, um, it's bigger than you. And so that realization uh, kind of forms some character, some humility, shaves off some of that pride and ego. And um, yeah, it's, it's really good to have people like George in your corner who can tell you that before you step into it so that <laughs> when you get there, you, you're not completely surprised. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Andrew, you, you're a church plant, right? Where you're at? You're yeah, City Point. Okay. Yeah, my pastor planted the church seven years ago, I believe, 2013. Wow. Yeah. So... Uh, it's uh, I, I I I don't say that I've planted it with them because I was a year off. Uh, <laughs> the one time I ignored, because <laughs> literally when they went to go plant the church, they had they had asked us. We had sort of transitioned from a uh, unhealthy situation at another church in Arkansas, and I was just kind of like, "Nah, nah I'm good." Like I'm, um, but yeah. We're at a, we're at a church right now. Um, it's been seven years in Allen, Texas, so uh, it's been interesting. The I, I think the demographics a little different than than yours, Pastor Tim. I think it's what you were saying. I think it's cool to be in church in Texas. <laughs> if you're not in church, uh, you know you're the weird one. So yeah, like it's a, it's, it's definitely a cultural thing over here. But um, yeah, there's a couple of things you said there, Pastor Tim, that I, I think uh, is pretty good. I, I'm, I like what you said. God gives you pieces of your vision, not the whole thing for dependence. I actually, um, I was meeting with some of my students um, yesterday and talking. I gave the analogy of when my wife and I drive somewhere. Um, I want to know two or three directions ahead of time. Like I can't just have her tell me, okay, get on the freeway and then just trust that she's going to tell me exactly when and what exit I need to get off. I have to know once I get on the freeway, Hey, what exit am I going to take? You know, what turn after that? And I related it to the students. Cause I said, sometimes I think we do that with God or like, God's like, Hey, I'm showing you this first step. I want you to focus on this step. I want you to focus on this direction. Um, Cause I related it to them. I was like, guys, if you're, constantly thinking about where you're going like you got to pay attention to the road that you're on right now and so i don't know that really resonated with me man because i think it's so true maybe god's just trying to tell me hey listen like stop trying to get ahead of what you're doing right now and focus on what you're doing at the moment like don't don't think about the next step worry about doing what i'm called you to do right now uh, to the best of your abilities so man plenty of other powerful things. I was taking notes when you were talking, man. So, uh, like Jacob said, don't feel like you have to stop. I think you've got a lot to, a lot of wisdom to share. 
Uh, I'm just here to listen. (laughs) And I'm not sure if you heard me or not, but (laughs) Tim, did we lose you? No, I'm I'm here. Oh, uh, (laughs) audio audio went out a little bit. Oh yeah, I was was correcting some things. Can you hear him Uh, now? Cool. Yeah. Go ahead, Andrew. Sorry. Okay. No, I was just I was just saying, Patrick Tim. you know, some of the stuff that you're saying really resonated with me. So, uh, man, keep, keep it coming. <laughs> I, I don't think That's you need fine. to feel like you're, you're taking up all that stuff. I do have a couple questions, um, sort of pertaining to, you know, church leadership. I don't know if you guys, you, when I say you guys, Jake and George, if you guys got some questions that you planned, but, um, if go not, I'll it. just jump in real quick. Go, go for it. Yeah. So, um, I'm kind of curious, uh, cause, the quarantine situation right now, uh, I think on the East coast, it's a little bit more, um, let's say prevalent, um, over there. And so I'm kind of curious how you, maybe a two part question. How are you leading internally with, with your staff and with your volunteer leaders, um, and ensuring that, you know, not only are you guys focusing on making sure that you're reaching out to your congregation members and the community, but also, you know, touching base with your team members and just ensuring that, you know, they're in the right place and, you know, they're healthy, I guess, spiritually. Yeah. Um, good question. I, I think that for us, um, two things are happening right now. One, we are, everything's on the table. First of all, like, everything's on the table we're asking ourselves you know do we need to do we even need to go back to a full gathering uh, right away um do 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 we need to continue building online community what does that look like going forward um do we abandon online community once we go back we're a smaller church um and so you know Taking on it's kind of, it's it's right now <laughs> pieces right <laughs> right now with the pieces right. that we have it looks daunting to say yeah we're going to do in person and online gatherings and do them well so um, so so to answer your question how are we leading through this because my wife uh, definitely stands as a partner along with me um, we're we're prayerful and having conversations about Lord, what is, we know what the mission is. We've married the mission, but we're dating the method. So what is, what methods are we keeping? What methods are we, are we adapting? What methods are we throwing away? That's one thing that's happening. The other thing that's happening is we're leveraging the power of, of conversation. And, and for us, that means that, um, Outreach doesn't start with the pastor and flow down. It's it's not a hierarchical thing. So it's not like a more important call if you hear from me than if you hear from anybody else on, on the senior leadership team um, mm. or in the church for that matter. Um, there are some things where it's appropriate for lead pastors to attend to. And, you know, we, we handle that accordingly. But we try to make sure that everyone in our church because again we're pretty small so we've tried to flatten the 
the org chart, if you will, as, as much as possible and, and empower people to call each other, to check in with each other um, and, and to let me know. So I think just about everybody has my cell phone number or my wife's. Um, and so we're having a lot of conversations about, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Who do you know that's in trouble? It's kind of that that line of questioning is just happening, um, so that we're we're able to respond when needs, as needs arise. Um, the other thing that we did was we had the senior leadership team go through and call everyone, not just in our church, but um, in our kind of in our we call it in our orbit. So people that have come through our doors, people that we've done outreaches with, people who helped us for like the first three months and then moved on to other posts and positions and things like I would have them to do, have them to do. And we just, I just went through and just called everybody and I'm like, hey, you might be going to our church. You might not. We just want to check in with you. How you doing? How's it going? You need anything? You got food? You got you know, loved ones in the hospital, what's going on, talk to us. And I think just having, again, in the Northeast, that's weird <laughs> to, to just <laughs> call people, just talk to people. We're not nice up here. So, um, <laughs> it's not, not a bunch of howdy y'alls. And <laughs> to do that is, is really to stick out like a sore thumb in culture. Um, but it's, it's important. And, and, and I said two things, but I'm a preacher. So, forgive me um <laughs> if, i think another thing that's been really really effective for us uh andrew is not being territorial um mm. we've had conversations with other churches we encourage our people to connect with other churches um we're not churning out a ton of content online right now i've got two kids two and under so that's not real for us right now uh we just moved i'm in a room full of boxes as we speak so we <laughs> we just moved on sunday um in the middle of a pandemic my wife won't let me forget that great planning on my part so, so, so god gives us pieces so um it's it's been it's it's definitely realizing like holding our responsibility to lead and to cover and to, um, and to, to manage the responsibility of overseeing the spiritual growth and spiritual development of people in our city and in our region to hold that, all of that with open hands and to realize that just as freely as God gave these souls to us to, to equip for, the work of ministry um that's just as freely as we ought to usher them into whatever new frontier god would have for them and sometimes that hurts sometimes um people actually do leave and you're like oh no i i you know you're free to go but like don't leave <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah exactly but at the end of the day it's this is god's church i'm a middle manager i i I work for god um and whatever i do really ought to be in god's best interests not in you know my statistical best interest so hopefully that answers 
answers your question. No, yeah, love it, love it. Like I said, I'm taking a ton of notes, so <laughs> if I don't respond right away, that's why. One, one of the things you, wisdom, man. that you mentioned, I think, with what you are saying before, uh, mm-hmm. that kind of, I, I don't know, like reminded me of something, is mm-hmm. how you talked about adapting um, mm-hmm. and figuring out how you're going to adapt to things and stuff. Uh, one yeah. of the things that I thought of was was Blockbuster. Uh, mm, everybody and yeah. their, their mom had a Blockbuster card, and yeah. everybody had it. And Blockbuster let Netflix swoop in, and then yep. all of a sudden Redbox swooped in. And there, that was like 2007, 2008. Like, all of them started coming out more and all that. And Blockbuster was like, hey, we're making billions of dollars. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. touch us. And then yeah. all of a sudden, they fell bankruptcy by 2010. Yeah. And yeah. so just thinking about that, like, in ministry and even with what me and George do, um, George is newer to what we do, and I've been doing it a while, but just always thinking of how do I adapt, how do I continue to learn, and how do yeah. I continue to move forward and what God wants us to do. Because uh, even for us, like, our, our things, like, were – like in a weird position where it's kind of like public school where you can't really talk about God, but you can show by the way you live and let your light shine. And uh, we talked about that before, but um, it just, that's really awesome that you're on that page of like, Hey, how do we keep adapting and stuff? Because that really does show a lot of leadership because as a leader, you're always leading with your team. And like you also, um, even with what you said earlier is just kind of being more vulnerable and being like, uh, Hey, uh, uh, I messed up or, Hey, what do you guys yep. think? And all you can speak into my life. And obviously we do that with people we can trust and can't be like, For Hey, sure. you're somebody new. Oh, you're not <laughs> saved. Oh, cool. What do you think I should do? You, I think yeah. you think I should cuss more. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but definitely, um, like even just talking to you just for this little bit and talking about like you saying about George and stuff, uh, just thinking and like hearing your words and stuff. Um, like Andrew said, like you have, you have a fountain of knowledge, but uh, you can hear your leadership in even in this. And so uh, I just want to encourage you to keep pushing forward in that and keep encouraging people around you and, and great things will come. Thank yeah. You. I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. And I love what you said about how you're reaching out like to people that have may just showed up at your church and, you know, they may not go there or, um, but you're still reaching out, which is weird. You know, what <laughs> yeah. do you need? Yeah. You know, and where you're at, like, that's just a weird thing. Well, <laughs> when you look at scripture, like, we're supposed to be weird. We're supposed to stand out, you know? So when you're doing that and people are like, what's wrong with those people? They're so kind. They're so generous. They're so, well, those, those weird people are doing what Christ has told us to do, you know, go get out into the community and, and bring the gospel to them. Not just, you know, sit in the four walls of your church and hope people walk in. And I, I think that, that's really hopefully, you know, helped the the church with the coronavirus being more 
creative and getting out into the community. I know, Andrew, you guys are doing the Boxes of Hope, um, which providing food to people that need it. Um, and even even with the, the, I think, the firehouse that you were having some issues with, you know, you're passing, um, getting them getting them involved too. Um, I just, like, I think we're, we're supposed to do that. You know, we're supposed yeah. to be different in a good way, different in a positive yeah. way, you know, showing the light of Christ. So, yeah, hundred percent, man. And, and might I also say that like something else that is, um, really challenged me. And I was, I was saying this to George earlier, something's really challenged me over the last, I would say the last like three or so months, uh, maybe six months, the last six months has been, um, the uphill battle that many female leaders face. Um, and I know I can get into a lot of trouble denominationally <laughs> because <laughs> there's, there's mixed feelings about that. Um, different theologies, different. Did we tell you we like to offend people on, on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've done, said something to offend somebody yeah. every week so far. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Perfect. So, Perfect. so, so you're in the right place. Listening or <laughs> right. something, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's, it's, it's crazy. Like I, I've, my mother has always been, um, you know, she's a PhD from UMass Amherst, um, you know, tenure professor for as long as I can remember. She was department chair for Africana Studies at the University of Rhode Island for a number of years. I've always seen her speak at graduations, functions. I, um, she taught Lamar Odom. I remember him coming to my house as a small child. Lamar Odom's a basketball player. If you're not an NBA fan. Um, played with Kobe. <laughs> yeah, come on, Jacob. Um, and came to my house I know 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, hat in hand, begging my mother to give him extra credit opportunities so that he could pass, so that he could be... Um, you know, academically eligible by the skin of his teeth um, for, you know, and they went to the Elite Eight that year. So go mom, you're a hero. Um, but <laughs> I, it's like, so I, I say all of that to say, I love my mom, but also I love my mom. That, uh, <laughs> she's, she, I've always seen strong female leadership growing up. It was never, it was never a question to me. Fast forward. Um, now that I'm a, church leader and I have the responsibility uh, over souls and and managing and leading and uh, all that good stuff. Um, I've just been hit with the reality that like, and a father of a daughter, um, I've been hit with the reality that like, you know, the, the world hasn't always been a warm place for females who have vision and who have leadership gifts and traits and that's not okay. And so I, We've tried to be intentional in our, uh, so, uh, to tie it into what we were talking about, we've tried to be intentional in looking at ourselves critically to say, okay, even though this is culturally acceptable, does it address the injustice that um, a lot of our sisters have faced, a lot of our mothers, our, our daughters, our aunts? Um, and so forth. So it, it's it's ask, asking really intentional, uncomfortable questions. You know, how are we handling 
um, economic, I, I mean, uh, environmental concerns, right? Where where does the gospel end uh, today's Earth Day or was Earth Day? Um, it's probably still Earth Day where you are. <laughs> yeah, it's still Earth Day. <laughs> yeah, barely. Um, but, but asking these questions of ourselves, like, yo, how are we not just, I think somebody said it, existing within the four walls, but how are we engaging culture? How So, all right, great. We say amen on Sunday, but then how does that <laughs> impact? How does that impact the sidewalk on Monday? How does that impact um, the neighborhood? Uh, we live in, our, our church rather, lives on the south side of Providence, which I feel like the south side everywhere is always the rough, rougher side of, of the city. Um, sure. And, and so the South side of Providence is super, super rich in culture and history, um, but it's been marred by uh, inequality and inequity and social injustices um, and rife with a lot of people being greedy and not really caring for the people of those communities. And so you get symptoms of crime and, you know, um, vandalism and all, all the rest. But what we're asking ourselves as a church, like, yo, okay, if all we do is ask people to give 10% of all their income so that we can get a bigger building, so that we can get out of the South Side, so that, like, that doesn't really help. That doesn't really seem like we're achieving what we came here to do. Um, and so it, it, it takes, it's really uncomfortable sometimes to let people tell you what you're doing well and what you're not doing well, to, to sit there and feel like, man, I could, you know, do these five strategies and, you know, we'd be, we'll be moving, we'll be shaking, we'll be rocking. Um, but to slow that down and to say, yeah, we could do the strategies, but the strategies don't necessarily work for everybody. So let's scrap what, what would benefit us quickly um, for a slower road that is more equitable and, and let's have that conversation. So I, it's, it's just been as a leader, it it really is less about what you know and and more about giving airtime for what other people are going through and how your position can best be used to address the needs in the room. I I couldn't agree more with you on that. Um but I that's I, I love your leadership style. I, I always have. Um and I, I was telling Jacob this earlier, and I've told you many times, like, dude, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> Just because you do, you have wisdom beyond your years. And um, and you've had, you know, obviously had great leaders in your life. And one thing yeah. that I, I, I know you have done is studied leadership and mm -hmm. good leadership. Yeah. Um, and to be able to lead by listening to others like what are the needs here like yeah. you grew up there so you know a lot of what they are but you were removed from that for a while things yep. change the neighborhoods change yep. or don't yep. um yep. so you got to take the pulse of where you're at you yep. know i i've seen too many and by seeing one or two to me it's yeah. too many people that have looked at other ministries and going, well, they're doing this great thing there and they're doing this. Like, yeah. Maybe we should incorporate that 
into yeah. our church. And, yeah. you know, and then you're, to me, not that you're stealing somebody else's vision, but you're using somebody else's vision. Like, yeah. where is where is God's vision? What is he telling you to do with where you're at right now? Because right. if you're looking at this church, you know, you're in, you, you are in uh, Providence Road Island. And if you're looking at yeah. a church in South Carolina going, well, these, these, this church is doing great, but it's also cool to go to church there. You right. know? <laughs> but yeah. you know, so they might have, you know, thousand to three thousand people and you're like well i've got 70 what am i doing wrong you're not doing anything wrong you're feeling the pulse of the community going how do i get out there and spread the gospel more i might have 70 people come through my door on any given sunday but i know that i've ministered to you know several thousand or well i mean rhode island's kind of small so uh, yeah. <laughs> I've ministered to all of Rhode Island <laughs> and seen people get yeah. saved, you know, and those, those are the people that you're going to, you know, like see in heaven that you don't even remember that they're like, because of you, I'm here. You know, if it yeah. wasn't for you, if it wasn't for the seed you planted and you may not even know, you know, I'm here. Um, yeah. So to, to be able to hear that from you saying, you know, with your, um no it's um it's it's really cool to first of all to have friends like who make you feel good about what you're doing in life Uh, (laughs) but um it's it really is about listening i i um my father like i said pastor for 20 years here on the south end of the city and um, you know, never, the church was never big, um, never had great branding or marketing. That's not his thing. Um, but my dad is an amazing theologist and thinks really deeply about the church and mission. And so, um, you know, it, at a first glance, it's easy to look at what he's done and, and to miss, because I, like I said in the beginning, what we did was we we took over the church that he and my mother planted back in the late nineties. We took it over. Um, but we, it was dying almost dead on life support. And so we, we had to like say, okay, we're taking the 10 of you and we're just going to do something new. <laughs> taking the <right laughs> so, Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, the, the, the lesson for me, even in that, experience was that um you know value doesn't always show itself in numerical metrics that there are some things that are meaningful that will never show up uh in a quantifiable manner um they you know they they won't be impressive like if i told people where i left i was at a a roughly 700 member church, but for all intents and purposes, call it a thousand people called living water home. Um, I was, you know, very well compensated for what I did there and had free reign of the place, um, doing all kinds of responsibilities. And it was great as far as ministry jobs go, um, made my own schedule, 
it was I could really it, it was a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, it was a lot, a lot, a lot of work. But um, it was a great job, and the healthcare was amazing. So um, <laughs> to, to leave there and to come to a church where, like I said, I was taking over, you know, 15, 20 people to to come relaunch in a very difficult context. Um, I'm tri-vocational, so I teach some classes at a small um, startup college and to help adults get who have like some college credit to get their bachelor's degree um and then uh, i work at a bank um uh full-time to to like be doing that and then trying to plan a church um you know you can't explain that to most people <laughs> like yeah no i left healthcare and you know 100 percent coverage and benefits and all this great stuff and now um, i have three jobs and 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 now like i don't sleep and uh and we decided to have another kid all, all the while so <laughs> it but it's it's realizing that when god speaks there is value that isn't always like by the numbers quantifiable and you really learn to lean into um, other people. So again, going back to what I said a little bit earlier, other folks, those little pieces, those little reminders um, along the way, those folks who, you know, they bless your life, they, they add to your life, they contribute to your life in this way or in that manner, in this facet or in the other. Um, you know, there, there's some folks, um, you know, Pastor Maurice, uh, yep. back in, back in Illinois, I, I call him and it's like a flash. Hey, Pastor, what's going on? You all right? I'm, I'm good. I just need you to pray for me. You got it. I know at 6 a.m. the following morning, I'm going to be on that man's prayer list if I wasn't already, you know, and yeah. just, that's just that. I've got another guy in North Carolina. Hey, pop, let me holler at you. All right. Yep. Call me at eight. Call at eight. We'll talk for 20 minutes, talk for an hour, whatever it needs to be. Um, and just realizing that God gives you these people to answer the call and to see what the journey is. And, uh, and you know, I come from I'm a third generation preacher. So my mother's father was a preacher. Um, her father and stepfather were preachers and um in in their church they, they would have sang an old song that said i'm gonna run on and see what the end gonna be and, and and truth truthfully um as we are in this leadership journey i definitely feel like um with the kind of friendships and relationships that the lord has given us and the people that we've met along the way I feel like I have the strength to run on and see what the end's going to be. Awesome. That was a lot. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> soaking it in. I, um, <laughs> that, that's great. Um, I, I want to circle back a little bit to what you were talking about with women. Cause, yeah, for sure. Um, I know Jacob, his grandmother was pastor. Both your grandmothers, right? Yeah. So my, my wow. grandma was an evangelist. Evangelist. Wow. From her home. And like people would come to her house all the time. And that's what I grew up with. And so you're speaking volumes to me when you're saying like, oh, I was raised by a very strong Christian woman. And like yeah. I was too the same way because I was always at my grandma's. And so yeah. Um, yeah. 
I just grew up in it, and I was like, man, like, my grandma was like that. And then my dad's mom was the same way. She was a pastor of a church. And, like, that was in the 80s, 90s kind of thing. And people were like, that's weird that a woman's preaching, but she killed it. Like, (laughs) so. Yeah, 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 yeah. um, Definitely one of those things that maybe she didn't get the credit she needed or I don't even think she cared. Right. Yeah. But like, um, I think when people, like you said, the injustice of just like counting out women and being like, oh, you can't do, do what we do kind of thing. Right. Um, right. Is huge because, um, to be real, if you really think about it, who, who probably loves you more? Probably your mom. Just to be real. Right. And, and, uh, and so, so uh, just thinking about that, uh, it reminded me of, uh, first Corinthians 13. And it, it talks about love. And so yeah. um, if we do anything without love, then what's the point? Is basically the gist of the whole thing. Like, so yeah. are we yeah. just going to try to speak uh, tongues of angels but not have love? I am, uh, what does it say? I am only a resounding gong or a clanging yep. cymbal. Yep. And so if I have the gift of prophecy and cannot fathom, all, or and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I have nothing. And so mm-hmm. that verse just keeps going on and on, but, like, that is leadership yeah. in, it, in its truest form because that's what Jesus yeah. did is yeah. he showed everything with love. Um, I, was, I was reading because I knew we were talking about leadership, and one of the things I thought of was about leadership was, uh, you know, when Jesus was in the garden and all that, and why the heck did I forget his name? But one of the disciples chopped off. Peter. Yep, Peter, Peter. chopped off. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dang it. And so Jeez, chopped off, up. chopped off, and they named the dude his ear off. And um, mm-hmm. Malchus. Malchus. And so they cut off Malchus's ear. And um, Jesus, like people, they all oh, like, Jesus is so mad at, at Peter, but... I feel like because he did everything with love and kindness, he's probably like Peter, no, and just put the yeah. ear back on and was like, yeah. "Hey, yeah. you you can live by the sword, die by the sword," kind of thing. Yeah. But it wasn't out of like people use that as like, "Oh, well, Peter is dumb," but Peter was huge, yeah, in, in everything. He preached the first sermon, like, <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah, yeah, who, yeah. Uh, just because Jesus gives you feedback, basically doesn't mean that you screwed up or that he you're useless he could use you to launch the whole thing right yeah um you know he said jesus built it you know that the church is going to be built on peter you know as the as the rock basically um but uh in that in that same thing i was i was talking to amory about this uh like probably good friday you know we're talking about that and like Peter had a sword, like they only had one sword, and Jesus was like, "That's all you're gonna need," because he probably already knew Peter was gonna get a little angry because he had a right. temper, you know, he had a temper. But yeah. you know, people that are unchurched that kind of see that, or even people in the church are like, "Why didn't Why didn't his disciples stand up and fight for him?" And they just let these Roman guards come in and. When you look at the scripture, it's like, well, they did, you know, Peter did 
cut off somebody's ear. There's definitely right. a scuffle there. There was definitely, yeah. you know, a struggle yeah. going on. And yeah. Jesus went, no, it's not the right time. On a side yeah. note, you know. he had awful aim. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're like, you're going to aim. What the heck? If you're going to hit somebody. Right. <laughs> you miss and cut off an ear? Like, out of all the things, you couldn't cut off an arm, whatever, but an ear? Like, that's pretty intense. <laughs> Just cut and off I, an ear. I, you know, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because I actually heard uh, – a good friend of mine approached that whole scenario of Judas betrayal and uh, my phone's about to die. So I may have to, to jet in a little bit here guys, but um, we got to wrap it up in a couple minutes anyway, cause we only get an hour with our, our system. So, so we have about six minutes left. You got it. This will be one. So um, he says that um, the reason that Judas probably didn't think that no, Judas went ahead to betray Jesus was that he felt like, yo, he's escaped their grasp every other time. And I could imagine many of the disciples there in the garden standing, looking almost defiantly like, oh, you get, oh, you're, you're going to show up in the garden. Like he's about to show you something. Watch this. And, and watching Jesus get arrested and being like, oh, no, but wait, wait, like, watch this, guys. He's about to he's going to do the thing and watching <laughs> Jesus go with them and being like, um, it's coming like for dramatic effect. And then, <laughs> Jesus, is, you know, it just keeps going and going and going. And I think that sometimes as leaders, um, if we're not careful, we can do that. We can kind of fall into that like watch this my skills are about to kick in watch this what i know is yeah. about to show you and 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 really um the message for me i'll say is is to to learn like peter that um you know this was never really about your ability this is always about god's grace even in the face of death even in the face of um certain trial and, and tribulation so thanks for pointing that out yeah. <laughs> so we really appreciate it, your time, Tim. Um, I, I I know you guys. I don't know if you have some more questions, Andrew. We have about five minutes left, so if you do, you might want to shoot one off. <laughs> uh, man, it's a lot, uh, Tim. It 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 was a great pleasure and honor to to actually meet you and talk to you for the first time. Sounds like Thanks, what you're man. doing out in Rhode Island is uh is pretty awesome. And, uh, like, like both George and Jake have been saying, man, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you don't need to hear that from us, but Hey, we're here to encourage you. And if you can leave this podcast, even felt like you just drank a bank energy drink and ready to hit the road and do what you need to do for Jesus. You know, I, I hope you feel that way, but, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Um, I had a question because we're talking about leadership and one of the, things I like to ask leaders is how, if you could serve yourself, <laughs> this is really weird, but like as a leader, how would you best serve yourself? If that makes sense. Like yeah. if somebody is on your staff or, <clears throat> cause I like to ask myself like how, basically how would I serve my pastor better or what, what does he need? So for, for you, Tim, like how would you answer that question as a leader? Like what, what is something that you need right now? Uh, that maybe all leaders need that uh, we either need to be aware of or maybe even serve our leaders in that capacity. 
Oh, man. Uh, Andrew, it was so hard, brother. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. It's like 1 o'clock uh, over there. My bad. <laughs> can I give two answers? Is that legal? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to do legal? it. Um, <laughs> Um, I would say I, I, I really value honesty. Um, mm. so, so that is something that I always really, really need. And, and anybody who's on my team or around me, I want them to tell me the truth. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Don't placate. Don't pick patronize. Just say it. Please be respectful because that's what you would want. But just tell me, tell me straight up. Don't beat around the bush. Um, and then I also would say, Hey, um, don't come around for a position, bring, bring something to the table, bring a skill to the table. And excuse me, if I was serving myself, um, right now, I would go learn some different skills, like some tech and media skills, um, because COVID has, you know, I, I was telling our church, yeah, it'll it'll be a while. Like people were like, "Oh, we should live stream." I was like, "Yeah, no, we should, because it's gonna be a while before <laughs> we're ready to do that." So, like, just get your friends to church. We're not, you know, Elevation can broadcast to the masses. We're gonna have church on Sunday, yeah. but um, <laughs> but then COVID happened, and then we had no choice but to broadcast on Facebook Live with me in my living room. So, um, it. Yeah, I would say like skills, man. Um, the world changes quickly, and and that's what I would say. Awesome. Yeah, I I I don't know if I I'm going to speak for everybody. I don't care. Um, <laughs> is that we really we really want you to probably come back on the podcast again, definitely, and uh, oh, maybe you. touch on leadership or something else. But uh, yeah, sure. We really appreciate. Uh, kind of the knowledge we get from all our guests so far yeah, we've had sure. amazing yeah, <laughs> amazing things it really so has. um yeah uh we just want to say we really appreciate you being on here and all that and just encourage you to keep doing what you're doing and keep kicking butt in rhode island thanks man. yeah real appreciate quick, it um real quick, Pastor you Tim, is there Thank anything you that you do George, you're a great friend. Uh, Anne-Marie's better than you. And, and God is great. God, Everybody God knows that. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is better than me. My wife is better than Every, me. So everybody knows that, it. too. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Andrew had something real quick. Yep. No, nah, it's fine. It's no worries. Uh, we're, we're running up against time right now. You said it was going to be we're quick. I'll bet. <laughs> okay. Well, is there is okay, there anything okay. that we could like as we close out um pray for you? Like what we what do we got? 30 seconds. Yeah, about 30 seconds. Okay. Um so I'm just yeah, you know pray, what? Pray. Yeah, pray. Okay. Pray I'm gonna, leads. So I felt all day the Lord laying this on me for all of us um that are in this room and listening to the podcast. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So may the Lord of, of may the Lord be with us all and crush Satan under our feet. And uh, God bless you all that are listening and share, share, share.